Hello, I'm Ricky. And I'm Joe, and this is Season 6, Episode 4 of the Beer and Broadband Podcast, slated to come out on April 17th, 2022. 2022? No, that's the wrong year. 2023. <laughs> I put the wrong year in here. Uh, but it is not the past. It is the present, and it is coming out on April 4th, April 17th. 2023 <laughs> just to get that out there i've said the thing all right and so we're going to talk a lot about games today but the first thing that we're going to talk about is the um gizmo track 2 limited edition rarities blackberry honey wheat 6.7 percent beer that uh i picked up from um uh, one of the local shops it says uh, rarities blackberry honey wheat ale most artist catalogs contain some rarities the one-offs that may have been the ones that made for fun versus commercial success the live versions we are no exception this beer was a happy accident the unintended product of a perfectly timed error tons of blackberry puree was unintentionally added to the delicious honey wheat ale while <clears throat> to a delicious honey wheat ale while admittedly not the artist's intent, it is still indeed an art and therefore deserves to be shared and devoured. And if I didn't say it before, it's a 6.7% brew. So what do you think, Ricky? It's not bad, but it definitely does taste like an accident. And what I mean by that is hmm. the flavor balance is not that great. So it's still tasty. But it's got a lot of that kind of like a little bit of bitterness and like the acidity you expect from something like a honey wheat ale. But then the, there is a little bit of fruitiness, but it doesn't line up well with the rest of the flavors. You see what I mean? Yeah, you, the the blackberry flavor is very muted. Yeah, and not as uh, forward as you would expect. Or something that's you know focusing on blackberry. It's the honey mm -hmm. wheat ale is a very well made. It's, I mean, it's their standard honey yeah. wheat. It's I mean, very good one. I mean, the whole thing is is well made in terms of craft. Like, there's no off flavors or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. If if this was like part of their standard lineup, I'd critique a little bit their like flavor balance. But knowing it's an accident, and this is like here here's a chance for us to sell and get rid of this kind of probably what was a 50 or 100 gallon batch yeah. <laughs> of, uh, of this mistake. No, I can see it. It's yeah. certainly not bad. Um, just, you know, if they wanted to bring it to the full lineup, I think they just need some more Blackberry. Yeah, definitely. It needs more of that punch, that that sweetness and mm -hmm. that, that kind of richness that Blackberries bring without being too overly, um, you know, aggressive. Yeah, because I think way. that's the thing that pulls me away from it is like you're, okay, I'm having kind of like a wheat ale right now. But then at the end, there is a little bit of sweetness and fruitiness. But if you hadn't told me that with Blackberry, I would never be able to yeah. determine it. It's like, there, okay, there is some sweet-ish fruit in here somewhere, but you can't really pull it out. No, you can't. It's it's a little bit more difficult to, to pull it out. It's still something, if it's in your area and you can get it, which this is a North Carolina brewing company. Mm -hmm. They sell other stuff locally. Uh, they do, you know, s send them around, I think, to some other places in the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, but if you can get it, totally worth having. It's just not um, the best gizmo beer that I've ever had. Yeah, I mean, if you like wheat ales, you'll probably like this. If you like fruit beers, you probably won't, is yeah. the only thing I'd say on that is 
you know, if you're looking for something new to try, because I think you bought it just an individual can. No, I bought, I bought a four-pack. Okay. It was only like 12 bucks. You know, oh, yeah, that's not bad for a four-pack. It was either 12 or 16, but it wasn't very expensive. Okay, so. yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, they're even selling at probably a little bit of a discount compared to the normal ales. Uh, I think everything, that might have been more controlled by the retailer that was selling it. Okay, I mean, it could be, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's it's definitely worth checking out if that's something that you wanted to try out and, mm-hmm. and do. Yeah. So let's talk about these um, Game Boy, Pocket Boy kind of systems. You know the the retro handheld emulator mm-hmm. things that we've got going on. So um, I've got a modded Game Boy Advance. I've got a regular Game Boy Advance. I've got a MiU Mini. I've got an Ambernick RG35XX. Uh, I didn't include this in the show notes, but we also looked at the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus and the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus. We're going to do a mm-hmm. more in-depth talk on the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus. Um, but, um, you know, we looked at all the same ROM, which was Golden Sun, uh, on these devices. And the kind of experience that you get with them what do you think about them is it worth you know spending i think uh, it cost me 150 bucks for this this was a hundred dollars this is roughly like 160 i think mm-hmm. you want um, to see the names of them uh, well I'm, I'm just telling you okay. and then I'll, I'll i should probably tell everyone you are correct the game boy advance was about mm-hmm. the modded version of it was about 150 dollars for me to get and put the battery pack in that i bought um, so I've got, it's got a USB-C charging battery pack in it. Um, then I also had the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus, which was about $99. And I think with shipping, it was like 120, mm-hmm. uh, the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus was, uh, I think about $150. The Ambernick RG35XX was, uh, I think, um, $75. If I, if I remember correctly, that was shipping and everything. Uh, and then the... Um, MiU Mini, which you can't get anymore, but there's a MiU Mini Plus that's come out. Mm-hmm. It's only a little bit more expensive than this one. Yeah, it was $65 when I bought it, and then there was like $10 shipping. I think. Okay. So it was like it's roughly comparable um, to the uh, RG35XX mm-hmm. uh, in terms of like cost. Um, <clears throat> so, first, before I even start going into you know, what I like, all that other stuff about them, like what kind of the pros and cons of like purchasing these things are. It, just looking at the Golden Sun ROM, um, you already had said some things that you like the most about these these devices. So why don't you tell me which one you like the most and which one you kind of, uh, or what the reason is why you like them. Yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> I liked the Retroid 3 Plus the most just in terms of it has the kind of like really good hand feel. It's a little bit larger screen, which I know makes it a little bit less portable, but it's still, it's a handheld. It's pretty portable already, no matter what your form factor. Mm-hmm. I was going to originally critique that I didn't like both the sticks or at the bottom, because I kind of like one stick at the top, but then I found most of the games don't use the stick anyway, so you need the D-pad. So I really liked that the D-pad was where that kind of like elevated second left-hand stick would be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it played really well. Audio quality was really nice. You know, visuals and large screen, real good. After that, it's probably a tie between the MiU Mini and the Retroid 2. Because what I don't like about the Retroid 2 now is that the stick is in that top left-hand corner, which I can't <laughs> use. I was looking at the Retroid 2 while playing the Retroid 3 like, 
I'm gonna like that better because I'm gonna want that stick right there. And I was like, oh, okay, the stick doesn't work. Well, never mind. I'm gonna switch to. <laughs> oh, now this feels weird that both of them are there at the bottom. <laughs> but I gotta give the MiU Mini some props because that's probably my third favorite because it's got such a good resolution and good performance on that small screen size, and it's the smallest out of all of them. Yeah, it's really pocketable. Yeah, so if, if that is what I was going for, is like I want something I can just toss in my pocket and it's there everywhere with me, that might be the one I would be really inclined to go towards, especially if I was playing like older games. Mm-hmm. Because you know I think you know most of the games I like to emulate are like PS1 games, because that's yeah. closer to like my era when I first like picked up gaming. Because um, really all I had on my like handhelds as a kid was like Pokemon. That was right. about it. So I don't have any memories of like cartridge games, really. So um, all of these, except for the Game Boy Advance, will play mm-hmm. um, PS1 games. Yeah, they will. I just don't know how I will feel about some of those games on that small a screen. Um, well, when we do the more in-depth, talk about the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus, we can sit down and actually like look at those games and see if any of those because I, I had them on there mm-hmm. you know so you could look at them but we were kind of comparing it to the Game Boy Advance so. yeah yeah because we had that modded right which that one's actually good that's a that's a pretty good improvement from just like a standard Game Boy Advance to the modded one yeah definitely um, I mean I gotta say the original Game Boy Advance was my least favorite but that's probably to be expected of a console that's what like 20 years old now or maybe more uh, it's uh, it came out in the early 2000s, so it's a little bit, yeah, over, about, little bit over 20, yeah, 20 years. years-ish. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you don't think about how much a more modern screen matters in terms of like light exposure mm-hmm. and what angle you can be holding it at and still see very well and yeah. stuff like that. So a new screen on that made a huge difference. Well, I, I've got another um, GPI case that runs a Raspberry Pi W2, mm-hmm. um, and it... Uh, looks like the original DMG, so it's kind of okay. the same same size as the um, Game Boy, you know, big Game Boy this, that was black and white. Um, I didn't pull it out to to look at it here because that's kind of a it, it. Even though it'll do all the same things that these, it runs a completely different operating system. It kind of functions slightly different. Mm-hmm. It's more like a tinker kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so I just left that one out but we may talk about that one at some point in time um coming up this this uh, season however uh the reason that i i brought all these out is one of the things that i love to do is play game boy advance games because i do have a lot of nostalgia around mm. like game boy game boy advance uh, i didn't love the game boy advance sp because i don't like that form factor where my hands you are get a little together. square right yeah so yeah. the miu mini plus the only detractor for it is it's a little small in my hands but yeah and i can give you that it that balances out a bit for me because then it suddenly becomes just so portable i mean like my wallet's bigger than that thing is. yes but you're right it is the if i was sitting at home that would not be my choice because you're right it is so small right now i carry it with me everywhere it's mm-hmm. always in my pocket so it is super pocketable um <clears throat> the the, even the case for it only adds a tiny bit of bulk to it. Oh yeah. So it's it's not very big, and, I, and I'm talking about the uh, like like if I'm gonna throw it in a backpack or something, I'll put it in a uh, zip up hard shell case, mm-hmm. and that's that's the smallest out of all these cases. So, anyways, um, the thing about the MiU Mini and other things like it is um, 
and I think I turned it off. I did. <laughs> that was dumb of me. But um, Miu Mini has one feature that none of these other ones do. So if you're playing a, a video game mm -hmm. on it, you can tap the power button and it'll just put it to sleep. It'll save your sp state in the video oh, game. Oh, okay. And then you, so like you're just sitting there doing something. Oh, wow, that was loud. Uh, oh, yeah, I've got the volume. <laughs> turn to but, max on this audio so quality. You just tap the power button. See, it just turned mm -hmm. off. Mm. And then it turns right back on in the oh, same exact spot. That's uh, so cool. it goes into a rest mode. It sips power. It is really awesome for that particular thing. So it is specifically designed to be a portable in your pocket all the time kind of replacement for something um, like, you know, your Android device that can uh, emulate games or has some of those games on it, but you don't have physical buttons or, yeah. you know, um, anything like that. No start select. Uh, and then it has features on top of it that are built into RetroArch that make it, you know, just useful. Now, <clears throat> there's a new version of this one called the MiU um, uh, Mini Plus, and that um, device is set up so that you can um, get on the Wi-Fi. So none of these, these two, the uh, RG35XX and the MiU Mini, don't have any Wi-Fi or Bluetooth or anything like that built mm -hmm. into them. But you can get on uh, Wi-Fi with the um, <coughs> MiU Mini Plus, and therefore you're able to do uh, things like NetPlay. You would be able to get over-the-air updates instead of having to like put that stuff on your SD card, or you can do some other things like that to make uh, it fairly easy uh, to, uh, you know, actually update the operating system, get retro achievements, things like that, where you aren't able to do that on the RG35XX or the original Mi Mini or the Game Boy Advance, uh, but you can do it on like the uh, Retroid Pocket 3 Plus and the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus. Mm. All right, so we were talking about like kind of the, before we got interrupted for a second, <laughs> but we were talking about kind of the, the, just the features of all the things. Mm -hmm. And now that I've told you about the uh, you know pocketability features and the uh, auto shut off or not auto shut off the auto save mm -hmm. uh, mechanism on the MiU Mini Plus and the MiU Mini does it, and I I believe that the RG35XX as long as Garlic OS gets um, developed will start to have some of those features. Okay. Um, the stock. Uh, um, operating systems on both of those devices doesn't do that so the retroids don't have anything like that mm -hmm. really except they have um save on close but not save on power off so does that change your opinion about any of those or like not really but it's mostly <clears throat> just because of my lifestyle mm -hmm. so i very rarely have a need to carry like I'm just going to have entertainment in my pocket for when I find myself in a situation where I'm bored. Because yeah. I'm either, like 99% of the time, I'm either at home or I'm out doing something in like a place that I have to be paying attention. Like I'm running chores or like something like that. Right. So most of what I'm thinking about portable stuff is for travel. Mm -hmm. So like I'm going to be on a plane or I'm going to be in the hotel after we've done whatever we're doing at the place we've gone to. And that still brings me towards the retro. Mm -hmm. But I will admit, I think maybe that feature on the Miu Mini maybe bumps up the second. Okay. It's, again, a thing that I don't mm -hmm. feel like 
I would have the like, oh, I'm I'm waiting in line somewhere. I'm sitting on a bus or I'm doing whatever. I've got 15 minutes. Let's play a quick game, uh, something, a quick round of, you know, Final Fantasy Tactics or something like that. Whereas, you know, that six-hour plane ride, I'd rather have the retro. But yeah, the Miu is nice. I like it. I gotta say, yeah, I was very impressed with it. It doesn't fit my use case. So yeah, I mean, overall, I think they're both really great. Um, also, I guess I gotta also talk about the price. Like the Miu Mini is like half the price. Yeah. As the Retroid, which granted it is less than half the size, so obviously there's less uh, stuff going into it. Then we'll see. I guess when we do the testing, if it has less performance. But I mean, overall, if I was somebody that needed a lot of mobile gaming. I would almost be tempted to get both. I think like yeah. one for like it's in my car, uh, for in the car, in my pocket, and then the other for like this is when I want to go play retro games at home, because the Retroid um, Three has a form factor that's like kind of like a PSP. Yeah. So like you could absolutely just play that at home too, and just like this is where I want to do some emulation. I'm just sitting on the couch and stuff right. like that. Yeah, exactly. I think the um, the the big thing for me and in, in my particular use case is I have these so that I can sit on the couch and do like couch gaming mm -hmm. and stuff like that. I don't really love streaming because you can stream on the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus and the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus. You can stream to them. I prefer the form factor of the 2 Plus. Um, mm -hmm. When the Retroid Pocket 3 came out, it had the same chip as the 2 Plus in it, and I didn't, I didn't see a real purpose in upgrading. The form factor was not yeah, yeah. as much. I like the... the Game Boy Advance style handheld mm -hmm. form factor. Um, so that that for a while is the thing that I was doing. The screen size fits more of those four by three games that I tend to play. So like PS1 games, mm -hmm. um, even like GameCube or um, something like that, you know, fits, you know, in that kind mm -hmm. of category. The performance uh, bump is a, a huge amount between the three plus and the two plus. Um, it's the most performant of all of these systems, but they're, I mean, the, the steam deck still blows them away. Yeah. So, um, the steam deck is my normal couch gaming device. Mm -hmm. And then, um, before I had my steam deck, it was the two plus, And that's the one that I'd carry around with me everywhere. The only reason that I kind of still keep the three plus around and I haven't sold it or we're even talking about it aside from being podcast fodder is it on certain Android games, it works better and I have a built in uh, joystick on it. Gotcha. So that's, uh, that's why I keep it around. I prefer the MiU Mini for being able to go out and do stuff. So like if we're going on a grocery trip or something like that, I don't generally drive because that makes... Um, my my wife gets car sick, so mm -hmm. I pull that out and I'll play like, um, you know, a little bit of some role playing game or something like that, and then I'll pop it back in my pocket. But that feature of being able just to turn it off is killed for me. Yeah, yeah. So ultimately, if you're play, if you like to play anything that's like Game Boy Advance or older, um, anything that's slower paced games, or you like something like that, the MiU Mini is like the perfect little carry around device um the retroid is uh retroid pocket 2 plus is kind of your game boy advance you know style and almost proper aspect ratio for that and then if you're playing psp games or anything like that where you want that to be like your kind of thing the retroid um 
Pocket 3 Plus does that just really great. So it just kind of depends on what games you're playing. Yeah, as that's true. Which one like kind of works out and, and what you want to do. And the and someone would say, but I've got an Android phone. Why don't I just play these games on it? It's the physical buttons. Yeah. Um, yeah. And having <laughs> tried to get back into like mobile games with no buttons, that's it's hard. It is really Especially hard. for these games that were designed to have buttons. Yeah, exactly. I played um, Final Fantasy IX for about four hours last night, you know, going through kind of the introduction, getting where you mm-hmm. meet um, Vivi and Garnet and all that stuff. And it was a pleasure to play on this. I tried to play it on the Miu Mini, and it was fun to play on that, but it was a little bit more cramped. I played it on the Anbernic. It was nice to play on that. I played it on the Retroid Pocket 3. It was nice to play on that. I tried playing it on my phone. If I had to do it in a pinch, that would be fine. Mm-hmm. But it's just not as um, good of a experience. Yeah. Just overall. Uh, the one thing that's a detractor to the Retroids is not every game that supports controllers picks up the controllers from the Retroids. So sometimes mm-hmm. you have to map them, okay. which is kind of crap. But I mean, that is what it is. Can't really do anything about that. Um, but okay, so th- all these things are kind of superior to the Game Boy Advance. Make. I could make an argument why a Game Boy Advance would be a great, you know, little device to have in your arsenal of things. Can you make one? For yeah, a Game I Boy think Advance? so. I mean, if you've already got a large collection of Game Boy Advance games, you know, those are all cartridge bases. You've got saves. You've got all sorts of stuff you've done on them. Getting that modded Game Boy gives you that nice step up from just the base console. Like it's a much better screen. You can view it at a lot better angles it's not as light sensitive so like when i was walking around with the regular game boy i was like oh i gotta be careful like as i'm walking around this room playing where i am to the light source because it's making it kind of go in and out of what i can see and can't see yep so like for not a whole lot of money it's a really good upgrade to the device you probably already have and they sell little kits for this so if you're technical you don't even have to go buy another game boy you can just mod the one you've got and then you still got all your cartridges you still got your physical collection you know at that point, you're not even, you're mean, all these other ones are emulating, you know, you have this all on software, you're getting ROMs, whereas, you know, if you're a collector or you just have all your games you love, Game Boy Advance is still just the, the regular thing. You just slap it in and go. Yep. And, you know, I have a bunch of, like, Game Boy and Game Boy Color and Game Boy Advance carts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lost some of them, unfortunately, but um, the ones that I do have, you know, they, they have my old saves on them yeah. and stuff like that, so... If you've got that sort of stuff, that is exactly the argument I was going to mm-hmm. make for it. Plus, it's just kind of cool. It is. Um, I mean, it's nice to whip out something you remember from your childhood and be like, boom, I'm back in it. Or just take it and just like pull it out and be like, look at this cool nerd thing that I have mm-hmm. and not impress any of the women in your life. <laughs> but you'll impress the men. <laughs> or, you know, I don't, I don't know. I won't give you that. I think my wife would be impressed because she played a lot of uh, Hell and Hell games. Uh, that may be true. My wife was not impressed. <laughs> she was just like, oh, that's cool, honey. You know. Um, but yeah, so I I really like it. If you're into game collecting or something like that, I think it's a must have. I've been putting it off for years because um, I couldn't find one for under $200. Um, $150 was what I was looking for. I think mm-hmm. that's, a, uh, you know, in today's dollars, I think it's about what I paid for my Game Boy Advance. I think they were like 70 bucks or something when I bought them, when I bought mine. Um, and the badges on it look cool. It's got the original badge stuff, even though this is a replacement shell. 
Uh, I want to get the badge that goes here uh, mm -hmm. on the top where the cart goes, but that little window that shows you the cart on the clear shell, the, uh, this is a clear black shell yeah. that I have here, is really cool. Um, the speaker's upgraded. You know, everything on it's just really cool. Um, the white PCB showing through the black uh, thing and it matching the batteries, uh, you know, mm. charger. Oh, yeah, that's a good call, too, because you've got a actual battery pack in there, so you don't have to swap out batteries on nope. it. Nope. It's a rechargeable in the thing. Mm -hmm. um, the one thing that I noticed was that um, the it popped out, uh, so I've got to adjust this spring on it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty awesome little little thing to have it's just not you know um it's not necessary if you've got some of these other things and it's a little bit more costly too you yeah know, ultimately. yeah i looked up the kits if you want to do it yourself the kits are about like 50 60 bucks but that yeah. does require you got to be comfortable going in there and making the changes yourself and all that well um it's there's not a whole lot of difficulty in it there's a little bit of soldering though i believe so if you're not comfortable with soldering then that could be a problem for mm -hmm. you um, the battery kit is was just plug and play. You didn't have to do anything like that. You just you, you either mod a shell um, to cut out the hole for the USB C, mm -hmm. or you get one that's pre made. And then so I just bought mine pre made because I wanted it to be very clean. And you get a um, a, a battery and um, a charger, uh, the regulator that goes mm -hmm. on the battery, and then you put them together. And that's just more of like a plug-in kind of thing generally. And then you just have to mod the um, battery posts in the Game Boy, which is like taking them out. And it just kind of goes in. It's not a very difficult mod to do. Yeah. Uh, I'm, as a matter of fact, even if I don't do the shell and the IPS screen on my uh, original G uh, Game Boy Advance, I'm going to do the mod for the battery pack because yeah, yeah. it's so easy. Oh, yeah. And that's yeah. such a huge quality of life improvement. Yeah, exactly. And you can just like plug it in. To, it charges and plays at the same time. Oh, yeah. There yeah. you go. So, yeah. So, it's a, a no-brainer. Uh, but, okay. So, if I could only pick one of these and I had a Steam Deck, mm -hmm. what would I pick? That would be the MiU Mini or the MiU Mini Plus, mm -hmm. uh, which would actually be the MiU Mini Plus. If I could have one, because the Steam Deck's a little bit big to carry on a flight. If yeah. I could have three of these... Um, and carry them on like a like one for like carrying on a flight. I've flown with the Retroid Pocket Two Plus before, and that was a lot of fun. All right, we were interrupted again. Someone came to the door, so there's gonna be a weird like cut out there mid me talking about something. Sorry. Hey, if we did ad breaks, those would be the perfect times. <laughs> those would be the perfect times. So we're gonna talk about the beer, and then I'm gonna go back into my thought about if I could have two of these and what the purposes would be, and see mm -hmm. if you agree with that. Um, but I just had a little, this beer warmed up a little bit. I just had a little sip of it. Do you know what changed in it? Yeah, I was going to say, because I had a sip too. Once it's warmed up and some of that head has gone away, the bitterness dropped down some and you can taste a little bit more of that fruit. Uh, the blueberry. Yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. So I can see why they're like, yeah, let's get this out to people because that is fascinating. Um, it's still, you know, cold. So it's got that going with it, but it's not as cold and it's not as, um, the head is not as... Um, bitter there. yeah yeah it's now kind of like in that cool range probably in the 50s somewhere yeah exactly um so uh, what i was saying before i got interrupted uh is that the retroid pocket 3 
would probably be my, if I had to carry something and I wanted just some controllers on it, hmm. the thing that would make this so much better all the way around is if there was a Retroid Pocket 3 Plus or a device like that that cost about $150 mm-hmm. that had you know really great joysticks and everything, which this one has okay ones, but I'm going to put some Hall sensor joysticks in it. They sell those. Um, so had that, had analog triggers, and uh, so you know they're not clicky, that, so you can do like racing games and stuff like that if you wanted to, or if you had like a shooter game where you could depress it a little bit and it would do single fire and then you hold it down further, it like does rapid fire or something mm-hmm. like that. Those things would make me change my mind at okay. that point. Same performance, but just Android picks up the sticks as native controllers it has you know the kind of same sort of thing that you could pick up for like a phone because i also have a razor kishi and that is the only reason i can use that to play like any of my games on my phone mm-hmm. and that kind of you know almost invalidates the retroid pocket 3 plus because yeah. my you know five-year-old android phone has the same basic performance as this does so there you go um i don't know do you agree with me on that assessment though yeah i mean i think that's pretty accurate i mean i i still kind of lean towards the retro approaches for my use case mm-hmm. but there's certainly a lot of value in most of these you know the only one i'm having a hard time placing is whichever one this one is the one with the weird name ambernick rg35xx yeah that's the one i think is getting to me a little outclassed by the miu because even though it is bigger you know, the MiU is such a nice little small compact thing with that screen that, you know, I got to say that one's probably my least apart from just like the original Game Boy. Yeah. I So I do find myself when I'm wanting to play something like at my desk or something, mm-hmm. I'll sometimes have that one nearby. I, I don't, I just don't like the pocketability because of the flared, it's got these flared trigger buttons on the back. Yeah. Uh, which you make it pretty easy to get to and they're nice and clicky, mm-hmm. but um I also don't like the D-pad on it. D-pad, um, I, I don't play fighting games very much, but it's got some, um, it, it'll, like, if you hold these two down or, you, you know, you're holding down the bottom mm-hmm. and you do this with it, um, oh, where, yeah. where you wiggle it, mm-hmm. it it'll um, register left or right. Gotcha. So, okay. uh, for yeah, this yeah. one, you can do something similar, but it doesn't do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I mostly play role-playing games, so that's not a big deal, but... I, I still the feeling of the d-pad is not as nice it's a yeah, little yeah. bit no you're right more harsh you know otherwise it's not really that big of a difference between the miu mini and the rg35xx it's just mm-hmm. a bigger device it's a little bit more comfortable for someone like me with big hands to hold so that's basically it when it comes down to it and i just realized i had my head turned from the mic so i'm pretty sure that it was hard for everyone to hear what I just said. Well, we'll see in the recording. You sounded okay in my headset. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyways, I don't have anything else to say about the handhelds. You should pick one of these up if you don't have one. And if you're going to um, you know, spend some time with one and you can only pick up one and you can get your hands on a MiU, I think that's the one you probably should get if you're interested in retro games. If you're doing Android gaming or anything like that, plus retro gaming, the Retroid Pocket 2 Plus would be my... Um, you know, advice to get. Um, but if you have like, you want like PSP games or something like that, that's the Retroid Pocket 3 Plus. Okay. Yeah. So, and I think that you fall more into that latter category, right? Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. So, 
All right, guys. Well, so this has been a very interrupted season six, episode four of the Beer and Broadband podcast. Um, and next time we're going to talk about coffee. So you should come back and uh, hear what we have to say about preparing coffee in three different ways. Otherwise, have a great day and we'll catch you next time.